Welcome to Belly Up to the Blackboard, a podcast focused on the reality of teaching and other musings from and about professionals, hosted by Chris Munn and Justin Russell. Today's episode is called The Slump Buster. As teachers, we know that that time between the end of Christmas break and the beginning of um, spring break is a rough, rough time sometimes. Yeah. There's a lull. Um, you know, kids, kids feel that. Teachers feel that. And we need to try to figure out what do we do during that time. Um, I know a lot of teachers, I shouldn't say a lot of teachers, but that's almost the time when people start thinking, do I really enjoy education? It's it's really self-reflective time. Well, I would even say, like, I would venture to say it's not even just teachers. You think about it, like, most professions only have two weeks of vacation, right? I mean, I think about my wife. She has two weeks of vacation, maybe at the most. And I, I would say the problem is, is, right, cabin fever sets in right after Christmas break, right? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, when you're at home over break, you get that cabin fever. But then you add into that, you, you come back and you're at a job, same job every day, day in, day out. I don't know about other teachers, but I know um, I don't have a window in my room, so you don't get to see outside, and sometimes it does. It takes that toll. There's that cabin fever. You want to get outside, yeah. and then it starts getting nicer towards spring break, mm-hmm. and you're, just, you're itching to be anywhere else. And not even that, but students. I, I mean, we all have to agree. Students, by that time, they've already, they're tired of doing district testing they're tired of doing district assessments they're tired of doing all of these data driven items and i think we as educators we get on that same boat right like we we get tired of saying look if you don't grow we have to reassess how you do this we have to change this a b and c and i think students also start to feel that and and from my experience you would have to agree. Students are checklist kids, right? Like more and more students just want to know what is it I have to do today when I come in to not be talked to, correct? Like from a teacher? Yeah, I think some kids, it's the fly under the radar. I want to get my stuff done. Um, like you said, tell me tell me what I need to do. Um, and they just want to get it done because, you know, they're in that same that same grind and they're just sometimes looking at the clock, waiting for the end of the day. And I know there's days we have that too. I mean, we're not going to lie about it. It's no. there are those tough days where you're just you punch the clock. Yeah. You before you even get in, you're sitting in your car in the parking <laughs> in lot. In the parking like, lot, yeah, yeah. Oh, or you know, you cold. stop at Casey's for that morning breakfast slice, and you're thinking. Let's buy a lotto ticket, right? Let's today's the day. <laughs> see, I'm if gonna... I'm, <laughs> see if I'm going to show up tomorrow. Right. Um, yeah. and, and I think you would agree, Chris. Like, you know, as we've done a few times, we've surveyed students. Like, hey, we know that the daily grind sucks. It, it is something that we will admit with our students. But wouldn't you agree? Students are very honest about, hey, what's going to make the week better? What's going to make this chunk of learning better? And a lot of times, when not you say that students don't give the feedback about, like, well, we don't want to do any work. They give honest feedback. And I think that applies to the workplace, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. And like you said, kids are, kids are honest about it. And um, sometimes that day in and day out of they're kind of doing the same thing. And then, you know, you've gone through that first semester. Sometimes you have the same classes and you're just it's it's just that routine and and you need a break from it and that's the same thing with teachers i know we've tried to shake it up sometimes with going even just different locations in the building using um you know a chance to get to our um like our our gym you know have the kids work we have tables out by our gym that even just a change in scene scenery is um is much needed oh and it helps i mean we have we have great teachers in our building, in our district, in our high school, and and the the nice thing is a lot of them have reached out even when it, we sent out emails and said, hey, our kids have expressed they wanted different scenery, 
Um, and, and I think about my daily grind. You're right. I take the same route to work. I take the same route home. I have the same routine every morning. Um, and I've started to look for ways, like on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wednesday, I stop and get a slice of pizza, right? Like in the mornings before I get to work. Like, But that becomes a daily grind because now it's like, oh, crap, it's Wednesday morning. <laughs> Here's my routine, right? Yep. Um, so I think right now it is that lull, like you said, like our title says. And it is it is something that affects everyone. Especially if you live in the Midwest. Now, when I lived in Colorado, the great thing was is there's 340 days of sun, right? <laughs> you know, like it's one of those deals where it snows in the morning, you don't shovel because it melts by the afternoon. But in Iowa, I, I think we really have to address that idea. And I think that's what the purpose of today's episode is, right? Like is yeah. there is a grind that what happens. Do you, what do you do to... Bust that slump. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I know people may laugh at the title of the, the show, but it's it's really what it is because you're in a slump. Um, you know, some people say that they'll use um, those those lights that you can buy that sit, you oh, know, yeah. simulate yeah. sunshine. Yep. Because yep. in Iowa in the winter, a lot of times you're, you're going to work, it's dark. You're coming home, mm-hmm. it's dark. You know, if anybody thinks that a teaching job is a – you know, seven to three thirty or seven thirty to three thirty job. It's a, they're sorely mistaken. Well, it's not even that. Like, and I, I think the the added piece of that is like like you and I have talked about Sunday. Sunday we're gonna go in and work for two three hours, right, at the building. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna leave our house, leave our families. Our families realize like there's a designated time on a weekend day, any given weekend day, that we're gonna go in and work. Um, and I think that has to be recognized that, you know, the average pay for an Iowa teacher is what, $43,000, $45,000 a year. And, and really it comes down to the idea that it's not just about pay, but it it is, we think about what is our time worth? And you think about the, the effect that teachers have on youth, adults and society we have to start to reevaluate what is the worth of an educator. Um, and and you, um, you know, we, we talk student first, and, and that's absolutely the case. But you also have to think, okay, as an educator, if I'm not taking care of myself, um, right. and I don't know if an admin thinks this way, but if you don't take care of a teacher first, uh, a teacher that's not, in the right state of mind is not going to be an effective teacher either. So we know we hear those buzzwords of self-care and (laughs) go stretch and walk for 30 minutes. I mean... (laughs) Where do you find those 30 minutes? Because lunch lunch for us is 20 minutes. Yeah, it's... So you're not taking 30 minutes at lunch. 30 minutes duty-free, but you got passing in and passing out and... And it's planning is meant for grading and curriculum-driven things and pulling kids in to get yeah. different things done. Like, where do you find 30 minutes a day? It's after it's after contract time. Oh, absolutely. Usually, right? yeah. Or waking up at 4 in the morning to get it, right? Yeah. Like, or yeah. re- recording a podcast <laughs> with the, um, a glass of ice and something else in your hand. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> I don't right. know how good that self-care is, but it's pretty tasty right now. You know, and even like, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, Chris, like, I was one of those guys... I, I think I told you this and several others. Like, I read an article about this this educator who made mental health boxes, right? At yeah, the beginning remember, yep. of every school year. Um, I think the author of this article I read, she made like five mental health boxes. And in there, she made things that would snap her out of any lull she was in. Now, were these boxes that she opened during the day or when she got home? When she got home. Okay. So there are boxes that she, and, there are, and I think it was a blog, but the, the, the educator talked about like, after a rough day, she would come home, and her husband knew that as soon as she opened this box, that was a moment like she needed for herself, right? Like so, there were like stuff for like a um, like a spa type bath. There were stuff for like wine, different types of things. But I even tried that, and the problem is, is and this is personal experience, but five boxes was not enough. Like, 
how quickly did you burn through those boxes? Well, you think about it like a school year is 180 days, at least for us. Yeah. I, I mean, five boxes is what every mo- every thirty days you're burning through one. Yeah, if you, I mean, and then you're still out at the end of the year because you think what roughly eight nine months of the year you're yeah for, you're and in I, school. And I don't know about you and you typical teachers out there, but I, I would say any given week I have at least three days a week that's a rough day, right? <laughs> like I come home and and my wife, she knows by the look on my face like. I need an hour to myself. Like, boom, done, right? Like, So to make the boxes, my question is, what's the threshold of when you open one? How bad of a day do you need? Right, right, right. Like, I what, mean, what constitute? Because um, I don't know about you educators out there. And, and please feel free to share your experiences on any of our social media platforms. But, like, there's days I was spit on, right? Like, yeah. days oh, that yeah. I was punched shoved pushed like well and if you're if you don't remember if you haven't heard us before we, we both are special ed teachers um i know justin's worked um quite a bit in the bd department my first year was uh, a behavior one mm-hmm. and then i switched to more of a, a resource role so i was kind of i mean working with uh behaviors are very challenging um to be honest with you if if i was still in a behavior role I don't know if I'd still be in teaching. Oh, okay. Um, it, it was a yeah. it was a godsend uh, um, for a teacher to be retiring and come talk to me and say, "Hey, um, at the end of the year, I'm going to be retiring. Right. This, you know, my position is going to be open. I'll make sure you put in for it." Right. Um, because I was a first year teacher with no special ed background. No, I was right. a social right. sciences teacher. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to get thrown into special ed is one thing. To get thrown into special ed behavior is a whole other thing. So, <laughs> yeah. for you, how many years were you in special ed? Behavior. Well, special ed behavior, probably about seven years. Okay. But wouldn't you agree um, that most teachers are not trained for that behavior area, right? Like, it, we could say that there's a behavior interventionist or a behavior specialist, but from somebody who's worked in several years in that side product, like, I think we're all under-trained in behavior intervention, right? Like, well, And that's where we go back to, and I, we might have talked about this in another episode, is you're undergraduate it's almost all theory you've oh, never absolutely. been in a classroom you even if the teacher that's the professor has been in a gen or a special ed classroom before they started teaching at the college level um you don't you don't know that so you don't no. know I, and i think that's where master's classes are to me had more of an impact because you're it you've been in the classroom you can relate it but yeah if you're coming in as a you know after your ba or or, or whatever and it's all theory. You don't know until you're actually in the fire with it. Right. And I and I know from personal experience as a as a level two BDLD teacher, like the hard part for us is everyone looks to us for answers, right? And and we say, look, like here's the theoretical research, but all that research is done in like clinical studies. And and they the hard part is not only that engagement piece, and Chris, I know you've heard that till you know you're you're sickened and blue. But again, internal motivation, engagement—that is the big buzzword right now. And and it is, I at times, and I don't know about you, Chris, but I think a lot of you educators would feel like it's a dartboard. We are literally throwing darts at a dartboard to see what strategy what cause what fundamental reason these these students are struggling and at times i i i wonder if we are making more work for ourselves correct yeah i i I can see that and um we kind of took a side street there so we're gonna try to veer back into our our boxes we were talking about the five boxes yes i mean how bad does like you just mentioned and then we got off on a tangent is you know you've been spit on before I had a year when I worked in a, a shelter that my first day, um, it wasn't directed at me. No. I was stepping in between two kids that were getting in a fight, and right. I got spit on. <laughs> I mean, that's a box-worthy day, I think. Well, we right? all have a limit, don't you? Like, I don't know what your limit is, but my limit is spitting. Like, I, I can deal with being pushed. I can deal with being punched. Yeah. Like, I can deal with a lot of insults. Like, my mom is whatever, right? Like, I can deal with that. But the moment I'm spit on, I, I there is something primordial that kicks in and i know i i don't know what that is and i it's not like i sat down and thought about like 
what is my limit going to be, I just know that being spit on is my limit. Like you said, like, that's like primal. I mean, that's just yes. that's something that it automatically trips a switch, right? So, um, you know, we don't have maybe we don't know what our our box like. When do I open a box? What is my yeah. what is my cutoff? No. I mean, getting sworn at. Yes. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, is it box worthy, right? No. But so I'm going to ask you a question. Let's see if we can do yeah. this because this is off the top of our head. So hey, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> uh, so you've done boxes. Yes. Okay. What's and they new- weren't they were formal boxes. Like they were just like in my mind on a tough day. These were the things that I was going to. Because I knew they would bring me back to where I could be a father mm-hmm. and a husband, right? Like, yeah. Because yeah. we are, I mean, we're both married. We both have kids. Um, and having that struggle follow you home or that stress follow you home is not fair to your family. No, absolutely not. Right? And, and then, and I know I've caught myself too of just, I've been stressed. And yeah. thank, thank goodness my wife is... You know, she sees it too sometimes when I come home stressed because usually I'm not. I can usually roll with the punches, but um, she sees it and mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I know. Just let him go for about an you know, hour. Just relax, unwind, yep. decompress. Uh, but that's an hour with your family that yes. you don't really get. Yep. So, um, yeah, you need – but you do need that time sometimes and it's, it's almost like off-the-clock work again. So – Let's talk about what were in your... You didn't make formal boxes. You didn't have boxes in the corner that you cracked mm-hmm. open, right? Or presents or whatever. What were your boxes? So, like, for my boxes, um, mine was... So, for those of you who don't know, like, all teachers come in different shapes and sizes. And I think you'd agree, Chris, and those of you out here who are educators... We don't fit the mold. We're not these social beings or species who crave attention, crave conversation, crave, like, we don't fit, like, a single mold. So, for me, I enjoy being alone. Like, I know that sounds weird. I know that sounds counterintuitive. But for me, it was one of those things where when I came home, and and God bless my wife, but I could call her on the way home and say, hey, today was a tough day. So she would know, like, first of all, like, I'm not going to be the one that cooks dinner that night, right? Like, so she would take care of that. Um, Also, she would know, like, after I picked up our our daughter, um, that I just needed an hour. Like, whether that was out in my wood shop, whether that was just zoning out, reading a book, article, whatever. Um... And then she would also know that that would mean, like, I would have some type of beverage, you know, when I got home. Because, to me, it's not, it's not about forgetting what we're doing. It is literally about just trying to get to the point where we can process what went on to that day. I think a lot of educators would agree that, in the moment we are fired up, that cortisol, that anxiety, whatever we want to call it, is there, right, Chris? And the ability to process how we are going to do the next day is huge. When it, and, I, and I don't know about your experience. I don't know about your experiences out there. But the ability to say, look, today might have been an oddity, but tomorrow, here's the plan. Um, and Chris, sometimes you're right. We we just have to be honest with our students. And I'll be honest. I don't know about you educators out there, but the days that I start my class, and I don't do a warm-up every day like I should. I know we're harped on that. But the days I open my classes, hey, hey, look, everyone. Yesterday, you saw me being human. Like... I am deadly honest with my class. Like, yesterday, you saw me being human. I was frustrated with everything you all did. Like, here's A, B, C, and D that pissed me off. And I've used that language. Here's the thing with high school kids. They are very acceptive of you being human because they get it. And when I say yesterday was one of those days that I was in the grind, I was in the lull, I was in whatever 
and I apologize that I was angry, I was frustrated, or I was blunt with you. But you have to agree with me that you did A, B, and C. And nine times out of ten, and I don't know about your experiences out there, and Chris, I don't know about your experience, but nine times out of ten, my students will shake their head that, yes, we were a-holes, right? Yeah, I think especially high school students are, are are pretty self-aware for the most part. Like yes. you said, nine out of ten. Yes. Um, and and you know they they crave an honest relationship. Oh, absolutely. Now, does that mean you share everything with them? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Right? But you can say, hey, I got after you yesterday. That was, yeah. you know, it was one of those days. It was not a great day. Here's why. Like you just yes. said. Yes. And, and we've worked at we've both worked at middle school and high school, and and those are things too where. Um, you know, you could have that conversation with a middle school student, but I don't think they would understand it. When you no. said the word pissed off, they yeah. probably snicker, right? <laughs> but you can't you do it with it down, elementary, right? really, because you're yeah. afraid of, of hurting feelings. But I think, and that's what I like about high school, too, is that you can um, you can have those conversations with kids. And, and most of the time, they're like, yeah, I, um, they're pretty self-aware. Or like, um, I'm like, yeah, I noticed that you were stressed out yesterday. And um, it, it is one of those things. And you know, like you said, you sometimes it just that conversation is better than a lesson. Yes. Because it's an honest one. They, if you are phony to a high school kid, they will smell it from a mile away. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and that builds that, you know, we always talk about relationships with kids and that, you know, you having that conversation right at the beginning of the class, acknowledging like how you felt it that, that day before, um, you know, that's one of those relationship building pieces so right so um an hour is like would that be like an hour away or just an hour on your own is that box one so an hour away and and most times honestly it's like 30 minutes i mean i say an hour away but it is it is one of those deals where after about 20 30 minutes of being at home you know hugging my daughter those types of things like that all melts away and i think most of us out there as educators would say we have that go-to thing, right? Like whether it is stopping and venting with a colleague after work, whether that's stopping and, you know, eating a bunch of chocolate (laughs) after work. But I think we all have those ideas of what that quote-unquote box is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be a metaphorical box, right? It doesn't have to be. You don't have to make, I know like we've talked about um and this is kind of getting off too the dave ramsey the envelope system yeah absolutely it's kind of like that but it's like with boxes mm-hmm. um okay so let's talk about that what would be box two for you so box so i honestly made all the boxes the same okay yeah so and it's just like um today i need an hour yes not, don't spend it you know i may not use the hour it's yeah. like a coupon book right you, yep you give your it wife absolutely a Valentine's like a coupon book. that's a great way to put it and mm. and, and i mean it's not like things that cost me money a lot of times like it may be something simple as like when i leave school at four o'clock it may be something simple as taking two laps around a a block and just processing the day right and and i'm talking about like days that were extremely tough where not just one situation happened but maybe it was an emotional uh situation where a student comes up and says something about like hey I'm homeless or, you know, those events that make the day very hard to move on from because you realize as an educator, that's why you got into education. Right. And we were talking about the great Lowell. And I and I think you're right, Chris, like it can be a metaphorical box. But when we think about the great Lowell, it's very easy. Why don't you agree just to think about the negatives of every day? Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah, it's it's so much easier to be negative than it is positive. And I think that to to break through that great lull or slump, right, is if you have people that you go to work with that make your day or that make your day better, it is a lot easier to get out of that car in the parking lot. Yes. Right? Those relationships not only with kids, but you've got to have those relationships with coworkers. Absolutely. And to piggyback on that, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I would like to venture to say that majority of us get into education for the kids, right? Yeah. For oh, students, yep. 
I mean, if there's an educator who got into education for other reasons, I, I, I don't understand how that progresses. But for the majority of us in education, I wouldn't you agree, we got into it for the kids. Yeah, I mean, you don't, obviously, you know, we joke money-wise. <laughs> it's not, you're not getting in for the money. Other than helping students, the only other thing I could come up with, which would be a very few and far between is like the power part of it. Yeah. And that's the person that um, very little in the classroom, as soon as they get their bachelor's and they're in the classroom, they're working towards their master's from their master's. As soon as they get that, they're trying to find a, you know, an upper level administration from there. They're working on their doctorate to be a superintendent. And I don't know if it's like a, uh, instead of, you know, a, a macro, they want to do macro changes, um, you know, as whole district changes or at the at the um, DOE, right, Department of Education, and they think that they can make a better change at a higher level, or if it's just that, and I would, you know, this is looking at the negative part of it, and we talk about not being negative, but of just wanting that power. Well, but I think you make a great point, and, and you and I have been in this, this field, and, and those of you who have been in here for 20, 25, 30 years, like, you have a lot more insight to this, but Chris and I have been in here for almost 15 years, 16 years. I think we have a good idea of, uh, or per, very perceptive of when those people we come in contact with are, are here, right, in education to be a, an educator or are here to be an administrator, right? Like, yeah. Oh, to, that's, that's to, a great way to put it. Yes. And, and so with that said, I, I would agree. And so with this great lull, you know, it's easy to say that the last two years have caused a great lull, right? Like, or increase of it. Yeah, it, I think it increases the stress. Yes. That, you know, obviously from end of Christmas break to spring break, it's stressful because there's a lot of stuff going on and there's not a break in it. I mean, it's go, go, go. But like you just mentioned, the last two years with, you know, we bring up COVID and we'll bring it up for probably... God, how how many years? That stress is already ramped up at the beginning of the yes. year. Yes. And then this just it continues to go. Yeah, and, and you know, we 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 talk about now if those of you who are like teachers have it easy, right? Like you have three months off in the summer, you have all these breaks, you only work hundred and eighty days of the year. I would agree, like 180 days doesn't seem like a long time, right? Like, and Chris, you you can pipe in anytime you want. <laughs> but here's the deal: I always challenge people who say that come do the job we do for a week. Yeah. Listen to all the new initiatives that are issued throughout that week. Listen and be in the PD that says what we're doing seems like not enough at times. Deal with the emotional stress that comes with hearing a kid who says their parents aren't working, their kids are in prison, their parents have not been home for an entire week. Right? We don't like, have enough to eat. And we don't have enough to eat. Deal with the emotional stress of seeing those multiple kids who are wearing the same clothes for 5, 10, 15, 20 days a week. Mm -hmm. Like literally the same clothes. And, and, I, and I will gladly say that teaching is an easy profession, right? And we talk about educators having to be a sponge, but I never once heard that in college, right? I never once heard in college going through those educational courses that said, look, teaching is less about the curriculum piece as much as it about, is about absorbing those emotional tolls, right? Yeah, I you know um, we talk like you talk about the the curriculum piece of it, and you have to that curriculum. I don't want to say it is on the back burner because we want to move. We want kids to learn something when yeah, they're with us academically. Actually, but you have to deal with variable A, B, C, D, <laughs> yeah. and E yeah. before you could even start teaching with that curriculum. Oh, I mean. You've got kids that, that work at night to help support their parents. Yeah. So they come in and they're dead tired. Yeah. You know, they want to learn, but they can't keep their head up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, kids that are just starving because if they're not at school, they may not get food. Absolutely. You know, it's, yep. it's if you don't think 
the relationships and and taking care of those necessities first um, before you can even talk about curriculum. I mean, that that's just a joke. It's all relationship building, understanding a kid and what they're. We may not be in that. We may not have come from the same background. Yeah. Um, but just trying to at least understand, yep. you know. And I think the more you're in education, the more you understand. Um, where a kid is coming from. You may not Absolutely. relate to it, yep. but you have a better understanding because you've dealt with it before. Yeah, and and what are your thoughts about, is education the only career field where it's almost universal? Regardless of, and I don't mean universal in curriculum and stuff, but the emotional toll it takes on teachers. Wouldn't you say that it is probably the only field in the world or career where teachers could connect on the idea of the emotional toll, right? Yeah. I, there's, I mean, if you're working in a, you know, in a job and you're sitting in a cubicle every day, I mean, you're walled off. You may talk to Susie or Sam or whoever at lunch or peek your head over the cubicle. And this is just stereotyping office work. Just, just so you know, um, (laughs) But yeah, you you don't deal with that as much, you know, unless yeah. you have a job where you are in, um, you know, social work or something yeah. like that, and you're not in the school, yeah. but you are dealing with adolescents. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Um, so we're kind of getting into some heavy stuff, and not to yeah. burden you down and weigh you guys down, but um, what what can we do? What can we do to to bust this slump? What are some things, yeah. whether it's bo- like you're talking about boxes or like what, what are things that you do to get yourself out of the grind? Well, here's the, here's one thing. And, and, and granted we have a smaller district, but here's one thing is first of all, I think as a new teacher, and I think that was the purpose of our podcast, first of all, was like advice to new teachers. Yeah. I the think so. first thing to new teachers is I would say you almost have to treat it like the first day of high school or the first day as a new student in a new school district. You have to build a network. Um, I think about people who go to a brand new city or state or district who have no connections, right? Their family is an hour, hour and a half away. You have to build a network of like-minded people and maybe occasionally unlike-minded people. But I think you have to build that network. And I think you would agree, like, the more people you can have in your building that you can have some conversations and not necessarily just vent, but also build all of those additional things like curriculum how are we going to help this one student or these students how are we going to look at this data hey i've got this issue you have to build a network because education is not like any other profession i think about entrepreneurs i think about business i think about all those other professions where it is a 48 laws of power style deal you are literally trying to climb the ladder but in education, if you're a career teacher, you're not climbing a ladder. You have to build a network of people, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we all have friends that are outside of education, and you know, you hang out with them, and you have great times. But like you said, those relationships in the building that you work in are very important. Absolutely. Because whether your friend is an engineer, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> or trades grain on the side whatever yeah. you know whatever it may be and those are pretty specific to <laughs> people we both know well maybe <laughs> but um you can't have that conversation i mean you can have the conversation with them but but they're not gonna understand it like people that you work with right right they're not gonna understand no. the, the the not even the emotional but the cognitive the philosophical the religious toll it has on you yes yeah and that, and that's where that relationship piece i mean and you know we're all busy we both have families other you know people we have relationships with at school have families yeah. but you almost need to one of those boxes is carve out a, an hour or two after school one day go kind of like we're doing here off podcast right this i mean that's why you said belly up to the blackboard you need to be able to go have that drink 
decompress. Yeah. Just, you may talk about school, you may not. Yeah. But you can see the person either across from you, next to you, yeah. at the bar, at the table, grabbing an appetizer. Yeah. And you've been through the same thing. And and I would almost, not almost, I would say it's not even about building boxes. It really is about trying to design a way to compartmentalize the aspects of your life. So here's a great example is when I go home, I don't take anything home. I'm not one of those teachers who are taking grading. I'm not one of those teachers who are taking home a lot of work. Do I leave on the weekend to go back to the building to work? Absolutely. And and that's designed so I don't bring home that junk from the building. And I'm not bringing work home. If you are somebody who loves reading, find a book group. Like, you don't have to always spend 100% of your time with colleagues. Find a book group. If you're lo- someone who loves going to the shooting range, go to the shooting range. Go to an art class. Go to... It's not saying that the only friends in your life have to be your colleagues. It is finding that way to detach from work. Because a, we're always told that a good teacher does not clock in at 7 a.m. and <laughs> clocks out at 3 p.m., right? Yeah. You're right, right. We're told that. But here's the thing. If I were to clock in at 6 a.m. or 4 a.m. when I wake up and I were to clock out at 9 p.m., I would get overtime, right? Yeah, and, t- I mean, it's like a, you know, a yearly job or a, a salary job. You're not getting overtime. No. Right? If I was working at Google and I worked those hours, I, I, I would be a project manager by now or I would even be an executive. Like, the hours we work are not eight hours a day it is 12 15 i mean i found myself working 15 to 16 hours a day i literally was sleeping four hours a night like, and, that, and that's not counting coaching yeah because I mean, we both coached and i'm getting ready to ramp up to our season and um the one thing i will say with that though if you coach a spring sport it almost feels like the season makes the year go by faster but like you said i and Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you were a younger teacher, did you bring stuff home? Or has this always been something you've done? <laughs> no, when you're a younger teacher and you don't you don't have a family, kids, those types of things, like, absolutely. I mean, you are willing. And I think it's just the more and more I get older, the more and more I think about, like, how does this relate to the real world? And, and that's funny because I'm in the real world, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but how does this relate to the real world? And here's the thing, like, when you're a young teacher, and I think all of you young teachers would agree, you're trying to make a name for yourself. Yeah, you're trying, and you're trying to like, you know, I would say as as young teachers, you're trying to keep your head above water, oh, and you absolutely. have to bring stuff home every. You want to seem right? weak. You don't want to seem like you're the Achilles heel. Yep. Yeah. You want to you want people to know that you you know what you're doing, and I would agree with you. Well, I do that too. Now I don't leave. You know, I may bring my computer home, and. Do some light work. Um, maybe do some light yeah. work. But I even feel that I do better work on the weekends if I do carve out, okay, I'm going to get up on um, Sunday morning, and I'm going to come in. Kids are still kind of hanging out, having breakfast, watching TV, whatever it may be. I will go in, and I will, like you said, work at school because I get better. I do better work. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. There's so many distractions Absolutely. at home. That even if you bring your stuff home, you're not going to um, do the work that you could if you were at school. So maybe we end the show today, Chris, and tell me your thoughts as always. Maybe we end it with our three ways of combating the lull. Because the original intro was the lull brings the, the thought process of do we continue teaching? Do we continue here at this district? Or do we find something better? Yeah. You've obviously been teaching for 13, 14 years, right? 12, 13, whatever. Give or take, yeah. And there's teachers out there that every year get the award for 30, 40 years of dedication to teaching. So I, I think that would be a great way to think about is what are our top three ways that we make sure that – and. For those of you who what are don't slump know, busters? Yeah, like I resigned, so I didn't make it through the slump buster. But in the same token, 
I'm in that slump, right? Like I'm deciding if I want to stay in education or if I want to go somewhere else. So, but from you, Chris, who are staying there and staying the course, who are mentally there, what is one thing that you say is your slump buster? Um, like I mentioned, um, so I, I, tr- I coach track and that starts, well, for us, it starts Monday, right? In the yep. state of Iowa yep. starts yep. Monday. Um, and I think honestly that, cause it's a change of pace. It's obviously it's after school. So it's, you're there longer. Yes. You get a stipend, you get a coaching contract. But it's different kids, but it's, it's different kids. Yeah. It's different location. Yeah. It's a different atmosphere. Absolutely. And it's fresh and new. So and is it a different I'm not challenge? saying that it's a different challenge, absolutely. And every season's different. New kids, you know, you bring them in from freshmen, and you see them grow up all the way as seniors. And, and I'm not saying coaching is for everybody, but for me, that is a fresh start in the middle of this, and it's almost smack dab in the middle of the slump from December to to March. Um, and it carries through almost the end of the year. It does. You're right. So to me, that is, that's my biggest slump buster is coaching track. And it's not, that's not why I do it, right? I don't do it for something new. I do it because I love coaching track, but that just helps revitalize me and get me to the end of the year. And for those of you who don't know, Chris is exhibiting hubris here where he actually starts thinking about track about Christmas break. And so I I know that that is, for you, Chris, it is a very good revitalizer because you do have something to look forward to, right? Like yeah, absolutely. As far as after Christmas break. Um, and that was the, the really the the pinnacle or the, the theme of our show was is how do we get through the, the slump buster. And Chris, for you, wouldn't you agree, in the spring at least, it is track. Yes. Yes, for me it is. Um, for others, I would suggest you know even before track is taking that time and getting with colleagues and hey, let's go grab a drink, let's go grab an appetizer wherever that local place may be. Um, and it doesn't have to be an all night thing. I mean, they, you have families, you can still before you know. I know it takes me an hour before my kids need to get picked up. Usually, I'm at school hanging out and getting stuff done and. Um, but there are days on like Fridays where my wife can pick them up, and yeah. it's like, hey, we're gonna go out and just have one, have a drink at yeah. a local place, or you know, grab some appetizers. Just kind of yeah. celebrate that it's Friday. Celebrate that it's Friday. Um, I love that idea. And thinking back as a new teacher, you guys are broke as anything, right? But yeah. but trust me, if you are able to build a network with some of those veteran teachers. I know, Chris, you've picked up the tab for some new teachers. I know I've picked up the tab for new teachers. I'm always, and I can't speak for you, Chris, but I'm always willing to really entice those new teachers during this slump period to stay, right? Because it is a good time of year to really think about what we're doing and the benefit we have. And it may be the best time to connect with teachers. Absolutely. Uh, Because, you know, at the beginning of the year, you're both like hair on fire trying to get stuff yeah. set ready yeah. to go and this is the time where teachers need that the most i would say absolutely and i would say for a new teacher spring is almost ideal right because you don't as a new teacher i i guess looking back i wouldn't have coached my first fall i wouldn't have coached my first winter because i'm so I need to invest in being better at curriculum design and teaching, right? And I would almost say spring is a perfect time because you've had almost, what, four months, five months to build that? You've got a semester under your belt. You've got the swing of things. Yeah. You may have new classes, but you kind of felt how it ran. You've already had your first parent-teacher conferences, right? I had my first year. Yep, Absolutely. And I would almost say that it's great to be an assistant coach in the spring. Like, I know a head coach pays a little bit more, but to be an assistant coach in your first couple of years, I think that's the best way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and you get those, you build, 
you strengthen the relationships with the kids you've had. Absolutely. But you also build relationships with the kids you don't see maybe every day. Oh, absolutely. You know, you see them in the halls, but you don't see them in class. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's another thing that I love. I get to build those relationships with kids. Yeah. Maybe I only work with during track season yeah and chris and i joke that because we have roughly you know an x number of kids in our program between the math uh that we only know the x number of kids <laughs> but you know the reality of it is uh, i i think most of us can relate to that as we get so into the nitty-gritty of our profession that we really only get to know x number of kids but there's y z a b right like um, okay, so your first one is maybe coach in the spring. Yep. I like that because that does help with the lull. Okay. Um, mine for the lull would be to kind of goes with that, but I would set a goal for maybe a classroom change, like as a design. So what I do in after Christmas break is I always change the setup of my classroom. Maybe it is changing from desk to tables maybe it is changing the um classroom setup the routine those things what it does is it breaks everybody up from the lull so i would highly encourage you new teachers that after christmas break you re not necessarily redesign but change your routines so maybe instead of kids coming in and grabbing packets from this area of the classroom Maybe they grab a sheet of paper and a warm-up from this side of the classroom. Um, maybe even changing the design of your tables. I know I, I changed the design of mine because Chris and I, we have a joint class for math and we're doing a project. And so they have to do a lot of conversation as a committee. And so I designed it more like the UN type of table setting where they have to see each other all the time. Um but I think breaking that up definitely helps. Um, and for those of you who want further information, feel free to email us or send us a message on our social media. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about some of those things. Yeah, it's all about building relationships. And, and that's with people we don't know yet, right? Yeah, and absolutely. we're hoping that, um, you know, we just hope that this podcast gets shared and and not not for anything for us, not to build us <laughs> not up. Not nefarious or anything no, like that. No, yeah. no, it's it's for people to have that thing to either listen to I'm like yeah i'm going through the same thing these guys are in iowa i may be somewhere else we're going through the same thing yeah you know and even different states so um were we going to do three i think you know i well maybe this is just a couple okay. i don't know if i'm we gonna do, do one more yeah, do i'll just one do more, one yeah. more and then we'll wrap this up so my second one is as we used to coach um uh, we used to coach football uh, and we go to a clinic and then what i would always do is because it goes from football, not very many, t- not much time, and then track is. I would always plan um, a trip for myself and my wife down to Kansas City. Um, usually, it's in early, early February, late January. And the great thing about that is, is you get away. It's in the middle of that slump period, and you just forget about it. You know, you have your if you have kids, you have your uh, you know, find somebody to watch your kids for the weekend. Kansas City's not very far. Power and Light District's right there. Um, it's just good to get away. And it's cold, and it's cold down there too. But just to go somewhere, even yeah. for a long weekend, take yeah. the Friday off if you have a personal day. Yep. <clears throat> Come back on Sunday. It's amazing how much better you feel. Yeah. Because you don't think about school. You don't think about anything else. You're not going up there to get stuff done. Yeah. It's just... Yeah, you leave your schoolwork and classroom laptop, yeah. It's a mental break. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, to piggyback back on that, Chris, those of you who are going into teaching or have been in for a few years, you are not... Let me take that back. I would like to empower you to think that you are not hindering your professional growth by taking those personal days. There is no benefit to banking personal days and not taking time for yourself. Because, yes, you may get the substitute stipend, which is maybe $150, $200, whatever it is at the end of the year when you cash those in. But here's the thing. 
what is your mental health and time and happiness worth? And I, and I keep coming back to this idea that when we think about the 1700s and 1800s teacher, those people were lifetime career teachers who traveled. They weren't people who spent 30 years in the same building. After five, six years, they would travel to the next town and get a new job. And that is how they, and whether they knew it or not intentionally, but that is how they kept it out of the lull. And we think about teachers today who are receiving awards, and, and this is great. They, they receive awards for 30, 40 years in the same district. But we have to be honest. Like We as teachers are not receiving a benefit for not using those personal days. We need to go on vacations. We need to use those days to better ourselves, professional development, right? You may need that day just to shut your brain off. Absolutely. And binge watch your favorite show, whatever it may be. Or keep your home kid keep your kid home from daycare and spend a day with your kid or kids. Like there is no guilt that should come from you wanting to spend time with your kid versus other people's kids. I mean, there should be no guilt to that. Don't um and, and we'll wrap it up with this, but but don't um, deny or ignore your own relationship with your own family. Absolutely. For others. Yes. Now, obviously, we put 100 and I'm not going to say 110% because that's stupid, but <laughs> 100% in when we're at work. Yes. Don't forget to give 100% to your own kid as well. Absolutely. Okay, your own family. If you don't have kids, your spouse, your dog, your cat, whatever it may be. Whatever it is. Hobby, whatever. Yes. Like he said, take take that time. Your time is worth more uh, and mental health is worth more than banking a sick day or Absolutely. banking a personal day. So yeah. with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. And uh, we can't wait to see you guys or talk to you guys. Episode four. This is episode three. We're going to wrap it up. Yeah, as always, feel free to email us, send us whatever on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you with questions or topic ideas. Send us an email at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at bellyuppod, on Instagram at bellyuptotheblackboardpodcast, and subscribe to us on your preferred podcast platform.